Well, we're glad you're here this evening. Praise God. Welcome. Welcome. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here on a Wednesday night. Good things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we're glad all of you are watching too. Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we're going to just share tonight, we're going to just kind of piggyback off of what we talked about on, on Sunday and about our authority and about it, this unto us who believe and knowing what we have, the rights and privileges we have. So I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 18. We're going to talk about some things, uh, you know, because I think in this day and age that we need to have and understand who we are in Christ. That's probably the biggest thing that we need to know. Uh, and know that we're born again, know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and praise God, we're on the right side. You need to know you're on the right side, even though it looks like everybody else is just doing all the other crazy stuff, and they're, you know, it's like, man, what's going on? But uh, uh, praise God, we know that, you know, (laughs) good old Noah, he went into the boat a minority, but he came out a majority, amen? And uh, when you understand that, that you realize that this is going to happen. We know this by what the Bible says, that the world is going to get darker and darker, and we know these things are going to take place, and we are living in a time and a season that we need to know who we are. We need to know why we believe what we believe, but we also need to know our authority. We need to know the power of, of, of the resurrection. We need to know what Jesus did. He defeated the devil. The devil is still a defeated foe. I don't care how strong it looks like. I don't care how much these people are motivated by him. God is still God and God is still greater. Amen. And so, you know, we take hold of the word of God and and we need to do that because we need to understand God's plan and his purpose is to show the devil and all of the world how great he is through you and I. That was the divine mystery. That was Paul's mystery. That was Paul's, when he got caught up into heaven, that's what God showed him. God showed him who you are in Christ. This is great mystery that God gave to him, that it was Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know, Jesus taught his disciples. He said, you know, guess what? The kingdom of God's within you. And they could not understand that at all. We haven't really grasped a hold of that kingdom process. We haven't understood that we're in a different kingdom. You know, Jesus always talked about kingdoms. He talked about his kingdom versus everybody else. And I know in his time, there was kingdoms. There were kings. You know, there were pharaohs. There were kings. There were uh, things that were taking place. And that's why Pharaoh asked him, you know, well, what is your kingdom? And he, and he said, my kingdom's the kingdom of truth. And of course, Pharaoh said, well, what is truth? Aren't you glad that Jesus said he's truth? I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. No one can come unto the Father but by me. He also said that his word is truth. He also declared that we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. That's how you know truth is. Truth always brings freedom. Lies always bring bondage. Amen. You know, you need to understand that. But here in Matthew chapter 18, and I know he's talking about some things here, but in Matthew chapter 18, uh, verse 18, he said, I tell you the truth that whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, that if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among you. Amen. I want to read that to you out of the message because here's what he said. He said this out of the message. He says, he said, take this most seriously 
A yes on earth is a yes in heaven, a no on earth is a no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are gathered together because of me, you can be sure that I will be there. Amen? You know, when, when we understand some things here about, wow, a yes in, on earth is a yes in heaven, a no on earth is a no in heaven. It, it's so amazing how people want to put things together because they don't want to give authority to anybody here on the earth. And yet Jesus gave authority to the church. Now, while I'm talking, let's go ahead and go over to Ephesians chapter 6. And let's talk a little bit about things. You know, there's been all kinds of things said and done. But I thank God for, I actually love the book of Ephesians. It's all about our authority. It's all about what we have, who we are, and what we can do. Amen? And the minute that you begin to understand that he's given you equipment. He's given you an armor. He's given you equipment. He's given you authority to use that. You know, how many of you can know, you can know a lot about things and you can know all about what's going on, but if you don't know how to use it, it doesn't do any good. You've got to know how to take the Word of God and apply it to your life. How do I apply these, these great truths to my life and make them work? Amen? You know, growing up in church, you know, they told us all about all kinds of things and they taught us about how great God is and they taught us a bunch of do's and don'ts, uh, but they really didn't tell us how to live the life that we were supposed to live. Now, thank God that we're doing that. Thank God that we're sharing it because Romans chapter 12 in verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. Well, that's good. The church has done a great job about telling you how you've got to be separate from the world. Don't get into sin. Don't do it. And that's all true. The problem is, is it tells you to be transformed. But nobody told you how to be transformed. They told you how not to conform, but they didn't tell you how to transform. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by how? By the renewing of your mind. To think in line with this kingdom. We have to think in line with the kingdom of God because Jesus said, I'm going to translate you out of the kingdom of darkness and I'm going to put you into the kingdom of God's dear son or the kingdom of light. Amen? And there are rules that operate in this kingdom that keep the, the kingdom of darkness out of it and out of your life. Amen? Because we live in this world. How many of you know we live in this world? We still got to hang out with all the buddy that's around us. And, uh, you know, there, there's... But when you put that armor on, what happens is, is that the enemy says, oh, no, 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 I got I to gotta stop them because he doesn't want the church being the church. Amen? And there's, you know, there's tests that come all the time in our lives, and sometimes we fail them. But if we'll take hold of the truths of the Word of God, we're going to win those battles a lot more than we lose them. Amen? And just because you didn't succeed in one doesn't mean you stop. Amen? Thank God that we can defeat the enemy. Hallelujah. And, and when we take hold of this, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, let's begin reading at verse 10, just to share with it. And then I'm going to talk to you about how do, how do we apply all these things here. Because every part of this, as Paul was talking here in the armor of God, he was trying to get across that, listen, this is what we have. This is who we are. And he's getting it across to the church at Ephesus. It's very vitally important because the church at Ephesus was the largest church in the land at that time, and it was pastored by Timothy, and so he, and Paul was really, really trying to get this across. Also, the apostle John 
was, that's where his headquarters was at, at Ephesus, and that's where he was based out of when he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and all of the revelations and all of that. And so uh, we, we see these things. And so what he's endeavoring to do is say, listen, you've got authority here because when he writes to Timothy uh, about what was going on, there was a Roman decree that said that, hey, we're going to go kill all the Christian leaders and we're going to start with Timothy because he's the head of the church over there at Ephesus. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy and said, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Isn't that nice? You know, Timothy could have said, isn't that nice, Paul? But you're not here. You're not in charge. You're in prison and uh, they're going to kill me. But thank God that they didn't do that. God did good things. Amen. So God's desire. So let's read this and then let's talk about it. He said, a final word, be, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in the, his mighty power or in the power of his might. Put on a God's, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies or the wiles of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, in time of crisis. Amen. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For your shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation uh, as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I like to read verse 18 all the time. Praying in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Amen? God's desire for us is to understand. What did he say? He told us to put on some things. So here's how we do it. How do we apply things? I always want to take the Word of God and say, how do I make it work for me? How do I make it work? It's no good if it's not, you know, good. Lord, here's all you said of us, but I want to know what do I need to do? How do I make it work for me? How do I apply this truth to my life? How do I do this? Because the first thing he told us to do down here, he said, stand your ground. And then he says, putting on the belt of truth, which is the word of God. But how do I put on the word? How do I make the word mine? Well, first of all, you got to believe the word. His word is truth. It said, but you've got to take hold and you've got to believe it enough to act upon it. You take upon this and you declare, hey, guess what? Your word is truth. So I'm going to declare this is what I'm going to speak. This is what I'm going to take hold of. The Bible tells us also that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Man, there's so many, so many Christians have so many strongholds in their lives. Thank God we get born again. We know we love God. We're born again. But we can't figure out why we keep hitting some ceilings. Why are things not happening? Because we don't ever break free from those. One of the things is, is we've got we to gotta basically say it. We've got to acknowledge it. Amen? You know, the Bible says if, if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin. Most people never confess their sin. They just tell God they got a problem. They talk about their sin. They talk around their sin. They talk around everything. They don't ever just flat hit themselves in the face and say, Lord, I need to get set free of this. Amen? You know, God tells us we can cast down those things there. And it's so God, Peter said this. He said, thank God that we've come to the obedience of the truth. 
And the truth is you're built. That's what holds everything. The word of God is what holds everything together. It's what's going to bring life to you. It's what, so you got to take, I got to find the word on the subject. Because the second thing he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know, in the, in the New Living Translations, it says this, <clears throat> but put on the body armor of God's righteousness. I'm thoroughly convinced most Christians don't understand fully, and I don't either. I keep trying, of really how righteous we really are in God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says this. It says, you know, uh, that God made Jesus or made him to be sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That we were made righteous. We were born righteous. Well, what does righteous mean? It means that you have right standing with God. It means God's not mad at you. That's a revelation for a lot of folks. Because they think, well, I think God's done this because he's trying to teach me something. God never uses bad things to teach you. Amen? I mean, what the devil has intended for evil, God will turn around and make it good. But God never tempts any man with evil, the Bible says. Let no man say that he's tempted of God when he's tempted of evil. God never does that. And everybody says, well, I'm trying to get... Listen, the word always tries us. That's where tests and trials come. Hallelujah. Because when you find out your righteousness, then you find out really who you are in Christ and the authority that you have. I want you to go with me. You can hold your place here, but go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I mean, this is a real crazy thing that they say, you know, and... uh, um, I, my brain is thinking King James, but I've got a new living Bible in front of me. So, hallelujah. It could get all mumble jumbled here in a little bit, but that's okay. We'll make it. You know, verse 17, let's start there with how do we apply this to this? How do we apply this to ourselves? How do we apply righteousness? Because everybody, the enemy's always trying to bring condemnation. He's trying to bring guilt. And how do you know? Because we all know our shortcomings. We all know that we mess up and we miss it. But aren't you glad for forgiveness? Amen? So look at, look at verse 17. Let's start there. Hallelujah. Just for the sake, I don't want to go all the way back into things, but let's just start at verse 17. It says, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Amen? And when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you began, got born again, you joined and you became one spirit with him. You became a part of the body of Christ. Amen? So awesome. Then he goes on to say, so he says, run from these sexual sins. No other sin is so clearly that affects the body as this one does. Hallelujah. Then he says, for don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Hallelujah. For God bought you with a high price. You must honor God with your body. If you back up in those things, he is sharing with us, listen, we not to get connected or do things. We've got to realize that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That we are the temple of God. Hallelujah. And that temple, hallelujah, it needs to be holy and needs to be connected. Why is that so so bad? Because it's the righteousness of God in there. Have you ever gone into places or done things and, you know, your spirit convicts you? It's because you took the Holy Spirit into a place that he wasn't welcome. And what, what happens is, is that we have a tendency not to take hold of the truth of the word of God and understand how it changes us. Wait a minute. I'm the temple of God. His righteousness is in me. Praise God. I need to stand my ground. One of the best scriptures for that is Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. 
The Apostle Paul had a revelation. He was a man that was trying to kill everybody in the church. He had letters. He was there when Stephen was stoned. He was holding everybody's coats because he didn't want to get his hands dirty with the rocks. But he's the one that had ordered it. And Stephen gets killed and everything. And so, but here's what he says to the Galatians. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he said, you know, it is no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. He said, because I've been crucified with Christ. Amen. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. He goes on to say, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, righteousness simply says, wait a minute, I'm in right standing with God. God loves me. And if I miss it and my heart condemns me, well, then I have, you know, I can ask God to forgive me and God will cleanse my heart. If my heart doesn't condemn me, then I have confidence toward God. Isn't that what, that's what 1 John chapter 3 says. It declares to us about those things there. And when you know that you're in tight with God, you're invincible. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Because from the platform of righteousness, why am I taking a long time here? Because from this platform is where you operate everything else from. You've got to get the truth of who you are and what you have. And when people say, what makes you think you're right? God does. The word of God does. In what I believe, because I have scriptures for it. I'm applying the truth. I've got, I've got a belt of truth all the way around me that says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. And here's the wonderful thing about righteousness and about the, it, it becomes quietness and assurance. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. Amen? Go, go with me if you back to, back to Ephesians. Hallelujah. Back to Ephesians chapter 6. Look at the next thing that he talks about. He says, how do we apply our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Because that's the next thing. He says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared. You know, the King James Version says this, that we, you know, where our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Aren't you glad the word of God says in the Old Testament, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. Amen. God's desire, hallelujah. But we need to be ready. In this day and age, we need to know our authority, but we also need to know the reason of the hope that's within us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, and I'll read it out of the New Living. It says, instead, you must worship Christ as your Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to share. Uh, Colossians 4, 6 says this. Let your lifestyle or your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Amen? And then 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26 says this. It says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. How many of you know we have a lot of people who are opposing the truth? It says, gently instruct those that are opposing the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And that's what the world is in. They're held captive. And if we don't understand our authority and we don't exercise it, we don't understand that we've got the gospel of peace, they're not going to know. How many of you know our job right now is to win as many people to Jesus as we can? It is. Our job is to speak the truth. Our job is to be as happy as we can be. Our job is to be as joy. Our job is to reach and touch the lost in every area that we can reach out into. We want to sow. We want to give. We want to do. Why? Because there's a lost and dying world. They need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Hallelujah. 
Man, you can go to heaven sick, you can go to heaven poor, you can go to heaven oppressed, you can go to heaven in a lot of ways, but you can't go to heaven without knowing Jesus and making Jesus the Lord of your life, amen? Now, obviously, we want to see them blessed, we want to see them not sick, we want to see them not oppressed, we want to give them all the blessings and the greatness of God, we want them to know their righteousness, but glory to God, we want to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and all that means is I'm ready to share. Why are you so happy? Well, it's because of Jesus. You know, and that's not a cliche. That's true. It's because of who he brought to me. Because I know that he's my savior. I know what he's done. I know that my sins are forgiven. And I know that he's there to bring life to me. And, and I know he made it to heaven because the Holy Spirit came down and lives and dwells on the inside of me and brings even greater peace and greater knowledge so I can walk in. I know what's going to take place. I know what the future holds. I'm not afraid. And that wipes people out. What do you mean you know what the future How you can know that? Yes, I do. I do know that. I knew that glory to God. You know what's headed for me is mercy. Because the Bible says the future holds the mercy of God. So what's headed out there is mercy for me. Hallelujah. And I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be there. I'm going to worship and fellowship with the Lord. I know what's going to, I know that, hallelujah, that Jesus tarries. I'm going to die here, but I'm going to be with him. And then he's going to come back and I'm going to get to come back with him. And he's going to get to rule and reign for a thousand years. And I'm going to get to rule and reign with him. Hallelujah. And then he's, you know, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth and I'm going to get to be there. So I know what my future, my future is bright. I'm not afraid. Amen. Why? Because I'm in right standing with God. I'm in good because God loves me. Hallelujah. And so let me tell you about this gospel of peace, how God can bring joy, how he can bring peace to you. Amen? It's so incredibly wonderful in this. But isn't it amazing? The next thing he says is we got to apply the shield of faith. And we got to raise up that shield. It's got to be a standard. That shield's got to come up. And the shield of faith, why? Because that's the only thing that's going to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen? You've got to raise up and have the shield of faith. What does the shield of faith mean? It means you have faith and trust in God that what his word says will come to pass in your life. It means you trusted him with your salvation. You trusted him to know he's, he's my Lord, he's my Savior. Now I'm going to trust him to believe that he's able to keep me. He's able to take care of me. He's able to protect me. Amen? I mean, 1 John 5, 4 says, you know, what overcomes the world, but our faith is what overcomes the world. Then it says, who is he that overcomes? He that believes, you know, the next verse says, verse 5, who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you get born again, you've overcome the world. And you overcome the world by, with your faith, by believing what God said is true, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always going to be with you. Amen? Hallelujah. And then, you know, 1 John five fourteen says, this is the confidence that we have in him, in Jesus that if we ask anything according to his word or his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, amen, then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So we know. That. So if we ask according to it, we've got God's word. Why? Because we've got, we got a belt of truth on us. We've got a belt of the word of God. We can just draw out scriptures and draw out the word of God. Hallelujah. And we've got a, a, a right to do it. Why? Because I know I'm righteous. I know that God, hallelujah, has made me righteous. So I can take this. This belongs to me. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to prove to get it. It's mine based on my relationship with God. It's mine based on I'm born again. Amen. I'm a child of God. I don't have to earn it. He gave it to me. It's mine. I can partake of it. Hallelujah. And I'm ready to give an answer to everyone. I'm ready. I got my feet shot and I got my shield of faith. Hallelujah. That's going to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, which means the wicked one's going to throw fiery darts at you. 
You know, Peter said this in, I think, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. He said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, though that some strange thing has come upon you. Me as Christian, many times we think, gosh, why am I going this? Why is God doing this? Why is this? Why is God allowing this? What's going on? I can't believe this is happening. All of us have said that at one time or another in our lives. Just because we're like, we don't understand. I don't understand. You ever thought this, this, this thought? I don't understand the process. I don't understand what's going on. But there's an enemy that's arrayed against us. And you've got to have the shield of faith. You've got to raise the shield of faith. Amen? And, and defeat the enemy in it. Paul told Timothy, he wrote a thing in his case. He said, I know that the faith that was in your grandmother and the faith that was in your mother, I know that it's in you too. It's that unfeigned faith, which means it's not a pretending faith. It's the real faith. And you don't know how much faith you have till you've been shot at. <sighs> till you got some arrows in your shield. Amen. Till you realize, okay, how do I, what am I believing? Everybody can believe God when everything's great and wonderful and fine and no big deal. We got all this. This is great. I love it. And all that stuff there, you know. <laughs> and here's the other thing too. Paul also wrote to Timothy. He said, don't let your faith be shipwrecked. A lot of people have gotten their faith shipwrecked because they've tried to exercise their faith and they weren't there yet. What do I mean by that? They weren't ready to, to fight that battle. Many times you guys need to grab a hold and, and, and take hold and, and make sure you're building yourself up here and don't shipwreck your faith because w- what happens is, is that your conscience will mess you all up along that line. 1 Timothy 1.19 says this. It says, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. Yeah, that's something that me and Pastor Pamela have been you know, talking about, she's got, we got a, she had a great revelation. She, man, we were talking about something and she made a statement and it was so amazing about that. Well, so it had to be that they violated their conscience because that's what happened. And I thought what she, you know, when she said it, it was so profound because it's absolutely true. If you violate your conscience or violate your will or violate your conscience, it messes everything up in your life. Amen? Because we were talking about certain things. We were praying for people. Praying. I said, I don't know what. And, and when she said that, man, lights came on. I began to just, it was so cool. Uh, you know, we do that often. She has a lot of truths that come through. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. Along that line. I don't want to be stealing things or thundering things. So I got to be careful. Get in trouble here because she's going to be preaching on Sunday. And you guys, and you know, she always brings a tremendous word. It's always a, a tremendous blessing uh, along that line there. But what I say that is you got to guard your faith. You got to make sure, hey, and be around people of faith, and you got to guard your faith, and you got to strengthen. Faith comes by what? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. When that's what we got to hear that, and faith comes by the word. So the only way we can get faith is through the word of God. It's the only thing we can do. You know, next thing that Paul told the Ephesians to do is he told them, "Listen, put on the helmet of salvation." And I think this is probably the biggest. armament right now that everybody has difficulty and so many people have taken off their, their helmets especially you know you read on Facebook all the time well this person's there saying oh I no longer like Christ no longer believe in this I no longer do this and they're and they throwing away their salvation they're taking their helmets off because you take your helmet off when you reason you take your helmet off when you're trying to logically figure something out
You take your helmet off when you're trying to figure it out in your head. Listen, don't ever try to figure anything out without your helmet on. Because you've got to be in your right mind. When you take your helmet off, you're not in your right mind. Okay? See, the helmet of salvation is the only thing that's going to hold us steady right now in this whole life. The only thing is having to understand, wait a minute, I'm saved. I mean, I, everything else might not be happening. My faith not be working. Uh, this may not be happening. Things may not be taking place. But I know Jesus is my Lord and my son. I got my helmet. I might look naked in the other armor, but I got my helmet on. Hallelujah. I'm not taking that off. I'm not thinking. I'm not listening. I got my helmet. I'm saved. One thing I know that I'm born again. I'm saved. I've got Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep my helmet on. That's the only thing that's going to keep me sane. It's the only thing that's going to keep me. My helmet I'm not going to do anything that's going to denounce Christ. I'm not going to do anything that's going to cause problems with my salvation. I'm not going to change that. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank God, hallelujah, that our God reigns. He's the hope of salvation. But we got to keep our helmet on. What it means is we got to keep our Christianity. We've got to keep our thought process. Well, you know, I'm not going to do anything that's going to cause me to, to lose out on the joy of my salvation. Amen? And you got to hang on to that. Because why is that? Because there's so much junk out there about, well, this isn't right. That Hey, we're going to discredit the Bible. We're going to discredit this. This couldn't happen. Noah couldn't have got all them animals in there. Boat wasn't big enough. This was this. All these things. Look at all these millions of things. And everybody wants to try to throw all of these crazy things at you. And instead of you go, wait, no, all I know this is I was blind and now I see. I was lost and now I'm found. And I know that me and God have a relationship. And so I'm just going to believe what he says. And I'm going to walk this out. And I am going to be just do what. God's called me to do and let God be God. Amen. So, so why do you know that you're saved? Well, 1 John chapter 3 verse 14 says we know that we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. Because I have a love that I never had before. See, if you'd have met me before I, I, I was saved, hallelujah, you, you know, with all the mouthy things you're saying, you, 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 I just would have busted you in the mouth. But now, because I'm saved, I can pray for you and I can talk to you. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Because, hey, this is, this is the, you know, the heart of the Father. But you've got to keep your helmet on. What does that mean? You've got to keep your salvation has to be fresh. Salvation has to be exciting. Your relationship with the Father and your relationship with Jesus ought to thrill your heart. If it doesn't, it's because you've allowed other things to creep in and mess things up. Amen? And that's why you don't think you deserve this. So that's where your righteousness, you don't think, because you don't know the truth about your righteousness. You don't know the truth about you having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You don't know how to have the armor of the, uh, lifting up your faith because you're just, you know, your shield of faith is down and you're getting shot all, all up. And so you got to say, wait a minute. Nope. Hallelujah. I got my helmet on. Hallelujah. I got truth. I'm going to get my belt. I'm, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He loves me. Hallelujah. Glory. And it doesn't matter how many times you mess up. God will forgive you. Amen. Next thing he says that you got to apply, how to apply the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It goes back to you have a belt of truth and it goes back to the spirit of truth or the word of truth. Amen. How many you know, that's what's so funny, wonderful about this, is that this word is such a powerful word. It'll produce everything you need in it if you apply it. 
says, well, I did do that, but nothing happened. Just because you said it once doesn't mean you applied it. And just because you believed it, and it actually worked one time, and it was good, then you turned around and tried to just say, well, I'm going to do that same thing again, you know, and what you can as long as you keep planting the seed. You know, a farmer says, wait a minute, I planted last year, we reaped a crop, I don't have to plant this year because that crop's just going to grow by itself. Now, unless you planted alfalfa that grows up, or unless you planted wheat, things like that, they do reproduce for a certain period of time, you know, but then pretty soon, you've got to till the soil. Amen? How do you know that every seven years, you've got to let the ground rest? That is a natural thing. It's a biblical thing. That's how everybody knows. But every seven years, you have to let the ground just rest. How do you know that you need to be refreshed and you need to stir things up? If your ground's hard, if your ground's not producing what it's supposed to, it's because you haven't let it rest and you haven't plotted up. Amen. And so I always tell them, Lord, if it's not working, that means I got to do some plowing. I got to do some disking. I got to do some planting. Because that's not working. This is, I got to get some things. I got to fix this. You know, I got some tree stumps in the way. Or I got some rocks in the way. I need to get them out of the way. What are those things? Those are the things that I've allowed to, to, to mess up the ground that's on the inside of me. Because if my ground's not working in some areas, it's because me, not because of him. I've got to do that. Now, you also know what the, when it talks about the sword of the spirit, this is the only thing that's offensive. Everything else is defensive. Everything else protects you. Everything else guards you. Your helmet, your breastplate, your loins girt about, your shoes that you have on, your shield of faith, those are all stopping things. Those are all just keeping you, man, I'm solid. But if you want to defeat the enemy, you've got to have the word of God in your mouth. It's got to be. It's got to be spoken for. You've got to take hold of this word and say, you know, I believe this is what God says about my life. I'm going to take hold of this. This is what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. You know, that we have this word and we use it in an active sense. We take the word of God and we defeat the devil. Because what did Jesus do? In Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, Jesus was, the Bible says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Glory to God. Wouldn't you like God to say, okay, I'm going to lead you over here so you can get the snot kicked out of you. I'm going to lead you over here so you'll be tempted of the devil. It's like, God, I don't want to go with the devil. Lead me over here. He's like, no, I need to lead you over here so you, you'll come out. You're going to go in in the spirit, but you're going to come out in the power of the spirit. You're going to come out winning. Well, what did Jesus, the first thing the devil tells him, he says, it is written. Or the scriptures say, amen. Next thing he says something to him, what does Jesus say? It is written. And then what does the devil do? Well, it is written in the word this. But Jesus said, yeah, but it is also written this. So get out of here, Satan. Amen? Because what Jesus said, it is written. You defeat the, word of, the devil with the word of God. See, you, you defeat the world with your faith. You defeat the devil with the word of God. That's the only way you can defeat the enemy. The only way you can do it is bring the word of God and defeat him with that. And the way you defeat your flesh is just by your spirit. You just tell your flesh, shut up. You get down there. You don't need that, you know, third piece of pie. It's all good. We got this. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, you know. Because we need, we need this so, so vitally important. Why? Because we live in a society right now that there are so many words out there. I mean, everybody's saying, well, no, 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 this is what's going on. And, and what do they say? Well, this is my truth. Have you heard that? That's the new thing for all the young people in college. It's my truth. Well, this is the way I see it. Isn't it amazing? We can see all these things, but we don't have truth to back it up. 
Anybody can, you know, you could say, well, I, I identify like this or I identify like that. Who cares? That doesn't make you that. Sorry, that doesn't make you that. doesn't make you that. I don't, you know, we're going to get censored. I don't care if we get censored, you know, on all these things. Praise God. We can't. That just doesn't matter. See, you know, you know what you think and I think doesn't count? Your opinion and my opinion ain't worth nothing. It's only God's opinion. Say, so, well, you're just, no, I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just saying, this is what the Bible says. People always, and then, then you got people that want to get into, yeah, but that really doesn't mean that. You've got to line that up with this and that. And I always say, you're too late. That works. I'm like the chicken that picked and I got that seed. I'm going to keep getting it because it keeps coming. That same seed of the word of God keeps producing. You know, John 3, 16 still works. Amen. You know, hallelujah. Romans 10, 9 and 10 still works. Hallelujah. That seed, I'm still producing from that seed. Hallelujah. God said all things work together for those that are, you know, are called to God who are called according to his purpose. He said all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work. So it, it just, God's just working. It's just working. Why? Because that scripture works. I just believe that. I believe that he's leading me. He's guiding me. He's directing me. Amen. Hallelujah. I got I to gotta be obedient to the word of God. It means I've got to just continually say, this is what the word of God says. People say, yeah, but look at, look at this. So it doesn't matter what I see. It only matters what I believe. It only matters what I say. It only matters what I take hold Because God's changing. God's word always changes everything. Amen? See, faith never denies what's going on. It just changes what's going on. Amen? Faith never denies it. Faith, faith isn't looking at something and saying, well, that's not there. That's not faith. That's denial. But faith may look at something and say, that's changing because this is what the word of God says. So the word of God is going to change that situation. The situation may be this, but God's word is in that, and God's working and God's bringing resurrection life into that and it's going to change it. Even it's going to change it. It's going to change it. Because God wants us to remain. He wants us to be undefeated. He wants us to... Because what did Jesus say? God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Always. Amen? Always. Actually, Paul wrote that in, in, in 2 Corinthians 2.14. But he says, God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Always. I love those. I love those words. I love John. You know, he said, I, we know, we know, we know. We know that we have if we know that we believe. We know. He, those, those apostles, those disciples, they were very positive. They were a bunch of ragtag group of guys. You know, the, Jesus said, man, I mean, now do you believe after three and a half years they finally got it? And, and then they really didn't get it. Because when he died, they were all in there in the upper room. You remember that? You know, Mark 14 there, it says, what happens is, is that these two ladies go and they see that they, and they come running back and tell them, hey, Jesus is alive, he's risen. And what did those wonderful 11 apostles do? Y'all are lying, y'all crazy, you just did something. So what does Jesus do when he first shows up? He says, hey, just so you, you, you won't be faithless and all these things. He basically, the Bible says in the King James, he shows up and he upbraids them, which means he basically rebukes them. He says, how come you didn't listen? How come you didn't know this? Hey, you know? Because you remember the two that were walking with, to Emmaus, the road to Emmaus? And they, they, you know, finally Jesus disappears and they run back. And they tell him. And they're like, ah, we're not sure. And Jesus had already told him he was going to do this. I mean, those guys, God bless them. But 
Something happened on the day of Pentecost. So people always want to, that's why does the devil fight about being filled with the Holy Ghost? Why does the devil fight about uh, the power of Pentecost, the power of the Spirit of God? You got Peter who denied the Lord three times. So Jesus visits him three times, you know, and, he, and, and talks to him and shares him and restores him. And then you've got on the day of Pentecost, praise God, Peter gets filled with the Holy Ghost, gets up and he's a powerhouse. And he's preaching a message and 5,000 people get saved. Then he preaches another message and 3,000 people get saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the power and the presence of God, but something changed when the Spirit of God came in. And we as Christians need to know that we've got the greater one living and dwelling on the inside of us. We've got the Spirit of the living God living and dwelling on the inside of us. So we have the authority because we have the greater one. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. Lord, my heart is, is I, I, hopefully I didn't come across trying to come at them, and to, but I've come across that, yes, this is something we have, something we can take hold of, something we can really, really believe and take, and take this armor and put this armor, put this belt of truth all the way around us, put on this breastplate of righteousness, Father, having our, sheets, our, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace hallelujah father lifting up the shield of faith hallelujah glory to god our belief and our trust in you hallelujah and father having on the helmet of salvation which guards our our mind from all of the trash and all things that are going on and father we can take the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and we can defeat the enemy every single time lord thank you for that thank you father god i just honor you for it in jesus name amen and I didn't get to the last one because it doesn't really say that. But I believe that Ephesians 6.18 is, is the lance. I believe it's how you can actually knock the guy off the horse before he gets close enough to where you have to yield your sword. And that's prayer. I believe that prayer goes ahead of us. I believe that prayer does things. I believe that prayer changes things. I believe that if we pray and we're interceding, God can move out there and it knocks you know, the enemy off his horse before we even get there. Hallelujah. I believe that it does that. And then it doesn't matter if they still get close. I've got the sword of the spirit. Amen. So I always call that prayer is our lant. It's what we have. It's what we can punch it or it can be our long spear, whichever you want to be. I just think it's the weapon that goes out farther than any other weapon. Amen. We can take the sword of the spirit and get everything close to us. But prayer, hallelujah, can get out there farther. Amen. That's just my thoughts. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I love all of you. Hey, we're going to worship God with our, our tithes and our offerings here. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. you know, or if you know how to do all this stuff, here's what we do here. We're going to do that. Amen. Praise God. We are believing. And you can believe God with us. We had uh, this whole unit blew up today. Our, trend, our compressor went out and actually blew up the other day, but it, it totally is gone. We've got one bid at $5,600. We're getting another one tomorrow. So we're going to see where they have to get a new unit. That's just for the compressor. That's not kind of having to get a new unit or anything. But hey, so, you know, it, it is what it is. We took a chance. We, we, we rolled the dice. <laughs> when you take old off and put it on, try to connect and everything, they're only 25 years old. So I don't understand. And that's, that's the newest ones. The newest ones are 25 years old. We got one up there that's 18 or 19. But other than that, <laughs> so we're working on that. So, you know, but, but still, aren't you glad we have three units for here so we have two extra that keeps us cool? So if one goes out, we get two more. Hallelujah. So we're good. No, but we are, we're going to get that and see what God does. So anyways, you know, uh, I'm so glad God's got plenty of money. 
I am so glad that he, he just, he does, he's, he owns all the cattle, he owns all the gold and all the silver, and he's getting it to you and I. He is, he is, he is, he is. Amen? I believe that. Hallelujah. So, praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, we love you, we give you glory. We thank you, Father, for the privilege we have to sow seeds into the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you for each and every one. As each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. Lord, you're so good. You're just so wonderful. And I just thank you, Father, that you do meet and supply all of our needs at Harvest Bible Church and all of the people too, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Once again, I covet your prayers for me as I go and minister to these missionaries. And then also covet your prayers for Pastor Pamela ministering. She's going to do just a blessing there. So we are just thanking God for doors of opportunity. Amen. And this is a real opportunity because it's, like I said, it represents about 100 churches that uh, we're going to be able to share with the, the leadership of all that. So we're going to believe God that we can pour into their lives. You know, sometimes you just have to pour into them and so they can go pour into others. Amen? Stir up their hearts. So that's what we're going to endeavor to do. We're going to do our best to do that. Hallelujah. And uh, we're going to be blessed. God's grace is sufficient. Amen? Ushers, did you, did you already go get it? Go get it. There's only one usher here. This is kind of exciting. James, you, you're holding down the fort, buddy. Hallelujah. I don't know what happened to everybody else, but you're here. So let him get around there and get everything. We do a lot of things online and stuff, but that's okay. And all of you watching, you know how to give. Amen. I just thank God for his grace, his mercy, his love. You know, God knows everything ahead of time. So he always, he always makes provision. And he will continue to make provision. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm trying to think if there's any other announcements. That's, I don't think there's anything else. We're all good. Well, let's all stand up. Praise the Lord. God loves you. I love you. Hallelujah. And uh, you guys are all dismissed. And we'll see you guys on Sunday. You better be watching there for Pastor Pamela. Love all of you. Be blessed. You're dismissed. <laughs>